0: I'm Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends! Happy Tuesday! I hope your days treating you well. I am so excited that you are here. I am maybe a bit over caffeinated today. Here's the thing: I got an advent calendar, and I got to tea one. And normally I drink tea every day around 9 a.m., 9 to 10 when I kind of start work because I've already had my coffee for the morning, but I'm always drinking decaf because I have coffee in the morning. (laughs) But today I did the advent calendar, so some days are caffeinated teas, some are decaf teas, and we got a caffeinated one today and I still went for it and I'm feeling a a little loopy. But that's okay. It's really good. It's a gin matcha yama. G-E-N-M-A-I-C-H-A yama. It's like with rice, roasted rice and green tea. It's really yummy, but I'm a little jacked, I think. (laughs) So bear with me. But last week we talked about wintering kind of in the practical sense, right? Like ways to cozy up the season, to not resist the season, but embrace it. But this week I kind of wanted to go through each of the Enneagram types and discuss both the practical, like real life ways that we can winter, but also the emotional elements of wintering. And I decided to do this through looking at the lines. So if you aren't familiar with the lines in the Enneagram, essentially every single Enneagram type has two lines moving to it and from it. Each of those lines represents for them a move that they do in stress and one that they do in rest. The stress move can look like how you feel stressed, things that cause stress, how, what you might show up looking like if you are stressed. But the way that I learned this, the way that I think about this is that you can climb up either of those lines or you can fall down either of those lines. I mean, there's like highs and lows to both, right? If we're doing it intentionally, climbing up, both of those moves can be supportive. You can use the stress move to prevent stress for yourself. Or if you're doing it by accident, you might find yourself kind of on autopilot living in a really stressed out state, trying to be someone else or just showing up in stress and not realizing it. Similarly with the rest move, if you do this intentionally and you kind of do it incrementally, it can decrease stress. It can be a symbol of how safe you feel or how at ease you feel or how much you feel like you can be yourself. It can also look like complacency or getting stuck, not moving out of your comfort zone. So I thought wintering is a really good lens for us to use to look at the lines and how it could show up. Here's what happened. I've not written this episode, but I have roughly outlined it and kind of gone through each of the types. I am concerned about being a little bit repetitive, right? Because each type is moving up and down to two types. So often those types might look the same. I'm going to try and be really clear and nuanced about it. I thought before, after I wrote the whole episode or like outlined the whole episode, I was like, maybe I should just go through the types and talk about what we can learn from them. But this is the way that I want to do it. I really think the lines are one of the coolest elements of the Enneagram. It's so actionable and practical. And it gives me a ton of information about myself when I see myself showing up in certain ways. It offers me a lot of compassion to recognize that I'm stressed I think we talked about this in yesterday's episode even, just kind of paying attention to that and how it can really open us up to self-compassion if we look at it like, oh, right, I'm doing these things because I'm stressed, like I'm in a stressful time. So that's how we're going to look at it. I just want to apologize in advance if sometimes it feels a little repetitive The other thing that came up as I was doing this is that some types are better at wintering than others. Some very naturally winter for good or for better or for worse, and others really resist wintering for better or for worse. So sometimes when we would get to a type that moved to a more assertive, aggressive type, it was a little tricky to be like, well, what do they have to learn about wintering here? I came up with things, but sometimes the lesson is how to not let wintering take you under, right? To like stay proactive even in a season of wintering. So just, those are my prefaces. That's my little spiel before we start. Let's get into the types. Type one, when stressed moves to type four. So when wintering by accident here, we can find ourselves moving into the woe is me space, right? I'm the only adult in the room. I'm the only one who cares about things that matter. I'm the only one willing to do it right. I can't offload tasks because no one will do it the way that I want it done. And also even this like deep emotionality that, that comes almost as a spurt out of being pressed down so if you think about a geyser that's being kind of someone's trying to like keep a geyser from exploding it's like oh there's so much emotion happening there's so much going on under the surface but it's like please don't show yourself so when the it finally shows itself it's big and loud and dramatic right so that is what can happen by accident in that move to four, right? Woe is me, big expressive emotions, hopelessness even. But then when when choosing that move on purpose, when wintering on purpose in the space of four, you can do the practice of swamping. I love this practice. It's essentially like embodying your negative emotions, stomping around the house. You know, the person I learned this from talked about rubbing dirt on your face, like putting a trash bag on, like really embodying like the swampiness of those negative emotions. That's one way you could do this, right? You can do that intentionally. Let those emotions have a space. Do it big. Or you could just honor your feelings by not judging them. Right. Uh, you know, ones tend to look at their feelings as like, is this a good emotion or a bad emotion? Is this a positive emotion or a negative emotion? But what if you just looked at them and said, this is what is here for me. I can understand why this is here for me. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with these emotions. There's nothing shameful about these emotions. They just are. That's what you can learn from the four In that stress move and preventing stress, if you're regularly honoring your emotions without judgment, there's rarely a need for big dramatic expressions of them that where other people get hurt or things get said that you don't mean, you're more so able to go, okay, that is a feeling that I'm experiencing. That's what's here right now and move through it in a more easeful way that doesn't turn you on yourself or others. The other thing that we can learn from a four here is a little bit more fun, and that is to set a vibe. Fours are so good at vibes, right? Like they're very good at setting a tone, creating an experience, making things beautiful. They value that. That's like often on their value list. So if you can think about wintering as a vibe, you can set the tone for a cozy, comforting season where your emotions get honored and not judged. And that can allow you space to kind of move through the season without the need for a big woe is me moment because you've been tended to along the way. Now let's look at your rest move to seven. So when you're wintering on purpose here, With seven, we are looking at the higher levels of health for a seven, right? Presence, appreciating the present moment, being here and appreciating the good that is here. That is the gift of a healthy seven. It is the ability to find the good in what is, not constantly chase more and more and more So when we're integrating that regularly, when we're allowing ourselves space to just be in the present moment, release control, allow the good that is instead of trying to guarantee a good that will be, that is a really lovely space to be, especially when we're wintering, right? Like going, okay, here's what's good in the here and now. Let's make the most of the time that we have in the season we're in instead of trying to make the season bend to our will. Now when we're wintering by accident in the space of a seven, it can look like buying a ton of things to make the sad go away, right? Like, okay, I'm not feeling great. I'm having a hard time honoring those emotions. I'm feeling like icky and bad and I want things to feel better. So I'm just gonna go by something or book a plane or buy a hotel room or you know fix something to I need to fix this this needs to be solved so instead get back to the present moment check in go Hmm. right here right now I have a warm home I have candles lit I have a roof over my head I have food I feel good in my body. Everything is okay. All right, type two. Our stress move here for type two is to type eight. Now, when wintering by accident here, it could look like self-protection, cocooning, closing yourself up to new people, closing yourself off to vulnerability, but it can also look like expecting yourself to keep showing up the same no matter how the season unfolds, right? So we talked about on Tuesday, like we're slowing down, nature is slowing down, we are part of nature. It is more easeful to accept the concept that we are part of this and that we are not meant to produce at the same level in the winter as we are in the summer, right? Like that I think most of us, at least, can feel a real shift in energy levels and time management, and the way that our bodies are moving, and and the energy that we have. It's we're slowing down, and but when we hold ourselves to the expectation to move at the same pace, no matter what is happening around us, which often eights tend to do, we prevent ourselves from. One, rest, which is highly needed, and two, from truly embracing and experiencing the growth that can occur in the season. So when you're accidentally moving to that eighth space and it can cause you twos to feel like you should be operating at a consistent level all the time or, you know, put you in that self-protective mode. But when you're wintering on purpose here, you get to choose where you put your energy. Eights have a significant amount of self-trust and they tend to feel like they know what's best for themselves. And they don't mind putting up the boundaries necessary to do what that, do what it takes to do what's best for them. And, you know, and the best for others. And I think eight's a really cool one for twos to learn from because there's other types. You know, I think five and seven, both are very good at doing what's best for them, but not as good as at prioritizing what is best for others. That's like a learned skill. But eights, I think, hold that tension really well typically sometimes to the extreme, right, where they're really overdoing. They don't know their limitations. But I think twos can respect that eights do prioritize other people. They do feel protective. They do feel responsible for others. And at the same time, they know their limits. They set their boundaries. They respect their own. Well, they don't know their limits, Sometimes they do. Healthier ones do. You know, as you grow, you do. <laughs> but they do respect their own needs and, and wants as well as the wants and needs of others. So I think this is a really good type to learn from virtues. Those boundaries are okay. You can still be someone who cares for other people without letting them take advantage of you. And the other thing that you can do here is is simply with that set boundaries, right? You have the sense of choosing where you put your energy. And in order to do that, we need to set some boundaries. We need to be clear about what is ours to do and what is not ours to do, both with ourselves and with others. All right. And then we have that rest move to four. Wintering on purpose here is all about setting a vibe, prioritizing your pleasure, Slowing down, creating art, exploring your interests and your hobbies. Let yourself have like winter specific art projects like knitting or maybe cross stitching, things like that. Baking, whatever appeals to you. Now wintering by accident here can look like isolation, right? It can look like I don't know how to set boundaries, so I'm just going to keep everyone at arm's length, I'm going to shut out the world and pretend like it doesn't exist because I don't know how to be in healthy relationship to other people where I am not run dry. So if we can intentionally set boundaries, choose where you put your energy, honor your limits, respect your wants and your needs and your desires that can help you to prevent that isolation, that self-protection, that cocooning that is in existence in order to prevent others from coming in rather than choosing to take more time for yourself, cocoon intentionally, regularly where with love rather than reactive resentment. Okay, type three, the stress move here is to nine. So wintering by accident for our threes can look like numbing out, shutting down, burning out, giving up. It can look like complete loss of connection to who you are, what you want, what you need. Now, wintering on purpose at the point of nine can look like incremental deep rest. Now, I specifically say deep rest because deep rest is very different from numbing out, okay? this is really important, especially for our threes and our nines. You have to have deep rest on a regular basis. And numbing is often a really enticing illusion of deep rest, right? And I'm not going to name what those behaviors are as a sense of like diagnosis of what numbing looks like for you because everybody is different. I'll name like, okay, like let's I'll use examples, but I I think all behaviors could be numbing and all behaviors could be rest. You need to know the difference for yourself. And the way to tell that difference is, am I using this as a way to not feel or am I using this as a way to replenish? And those are two very different things. And knowing the difference between that means being silent enough to hear yourself feel. That is that is really, really important when it comes to listening to yourself and knowing, is this a deep rest behavior or is this a numbing behavior? So let's use the example of scrolling on your phone. You know, let's say use that as a numbing behavior or watching TV, maybe scrolling on your phone while you're watching TV, right? That's your numbing behavior. So you're, you know, instead of doing that, when you catch yourself kind of wanting to do that or pushing toward that, check it and go, is there some incremental deep rest that I can do? And honestly, in my opinion, this incremental deep rest needs to happen for the des- before the desire to numb exists because that desire to numb, I think, is a response to ignoring the cry for deep rest over and over and over again and finding yourself in the numb space because you have nothing else to give and the thought of doing deep rest sounds like work. So if you're in that space where the thought of deep rest sounds like effort, sounds like work, embrace a little bit of silence. Go, okay, I'm not going to numb, but I'm not going to proactively nourish. I'm just going to be. And then eventually you're going to get bored enough to be able to incrementally deep rest. So what does incremental deep rest mean? That means activities, practices that offer you deep soul nourishment, right? That can be play, that can be community, that can be creating art, that can be, you know, taking a bath, but that can also be Writing or journaling or reading things that feed you on a deeper level and offer you energy in return. Numbing is simply shutting your system down, deep rest is offering your system nourishment. Okay. Now, our rest move here to six, when you're wintering on purpose, looks like embracing your community, slowing down the sense of competition. I like the book Huga, the little book of Huga, and a lot of the, the things that the Huga the practice is communal. It's spending time with other people, building a life with people, sharing in mundane moments together by candlelight with blankets, you know? Embracing the sense of community, slowing down the pressure to win, and allowing yourself the space to simply be with other people. And then, wintering by accident can look like being complacent. So, losing sight of your long term vision for you, right? Sixes, they're really good at doing what has to be done every day, right? Going in, doing what needs to be done. You tell me what you need me to be and I will be that for you. So when three is kind of hit here by accident, it can feel so good to be communal. It can feel so good to not be competitive that you might find yourself kind of complacent in feel in average, which can for three cause a sense of depression, right? Threes are so used to being goal oriented, driven, connected, that when that six move is done by accident, when it's kind of you're falling down that line, it can look like I don't, I don't even have any drive. I don't have any purpose. I don't know who I am, what I want, where I want to go. I don't see my future. The other thing that can happen here for our threes is when you hit that space, like there's a major difference between being goal-oriented in order to win for the eyes of someone else and being goal-oriented in order to live the life you intend to live for yourself. Those are two different things. And that six move, when done intentionally, can look like I'm going to show up for myself every day and for my community every day. I'm not going to put the pressure on myself to kind of always win And when done accidentally, it can look like, oops, I don't even know what I'm living for anymore because I'm just kind of showing up like a robot every day. So make sure you're reconnecting back to your vision for the life you want to live, not necessarily the goals you want to achieve, but the life you want to live and set your goals based on that. Okay. Type four. Our stress move here is to type two. Now, when wintering by accident here, it can mean keeping the peace by flattering others and kind of sacrificing your own wants and needs, not asking for what you want and need, wintering on purpose here can look like prioritizing healthy, loving, nourishing relationships. Fours often do the push-pull thing. You know, I think I heard Ian Cron say one time, like, "Go away, but but please don't leave." I think is how he phrased it, and I think that's a really good example of when younger, less healthy version of a four in relationship is kind of that push-pull dynamic. And when that's the case, it can be really nourishing to continuously go, how do I build safety here? How do I build security here for myself and for the other person? And really enjoy that act of wintering in healthy relationship, not just to a partner, but to your friends, to your family, to yourself where you are not looking for what is better on the other side. You're kind of looking to heal what is here. Then that rest move to one, when you enter on purpose, it looks like ritual, right? I want to say routine, right? Structure, regular structure. But more so, I think ritual is a better word for our fours when you're doing this intentionally. Setting out healthy, loving, nourishing ritual for yourself every day. A morning routine, a a breakfast habit, an evening routine, whatever works for you. Just a connecting point to yourself, to something bigger than yourself, and to being who you want to be in the world. Now, when we winter by accident here, you can see that the fear of letting things slip can look like over-disciplining yourself, right? Okay, I I don't want to miss a day on my practice because if I miss a day on my practice, then I'm like failure and I might as well give up. And when we fear letting things slip like this, it really is a symbol of a lack of self-trust, right? Oh, if I let one day go, then I don't trust myself to get back to it the next day. And I believe that an act of nurturing ritual, prioritizing safety in your relationship to yourself and with others, that's going to build that sense of self-trust that will show you that, yes, you will come back, right? And, and, Yes, you can miss a day and then still show up the next day and keep going because you are worthy of love. You love your others. You love yourself. You show up. You, this is who you are. You're someone who does what you say you're going to do. Kind of stepping into that. We're going to talk a lot about discipline in four tomorrow. I had a question come in about discipline in four. So we're going to really dive into that. So if you are a four, you love a four, that's of interest to you. I have a whole episode coming for you tomorrow about this. So. Stay tuned for that. Now, type five. Our stress move here is to seven. When wintering accidentally, you get you might get stuck in indecision or overwhelmed with ideas so much that you feel scattered and overwhelmed and like you can't move forward. But when you do this on purpose, you can prioritize your own satisfaction and choose regularly to do the things that you really are interested in. Take action on the things you're fascinated by instead of just kind of waiting until you feel researched enough. Now, the rest move to eight on purpose can look like supporting your ideas that you have with conscious action. So I'm saying, okay, I feel safe enough to speak on the things I know. Now, accidentally, this can look like being guarded and protective, pushing people away, kind of keeping people at arm's length. That move to eight done unintentionally can be in defensiveness, right? And in, in protectiveness. But if you're regularly integrating your responsibility for community, you know, we talked earlier when we were talking to twos about how eights hold that balance of what I want and need, but also feeling responsible to other people. And fives who I know who are really healthy have done this really well. They've found a a way to integrate their skill for boundaries without being so boundary that they're isolated. They've integrated their genuine love for others and socializing and being around other people with their innate need for space. So they found their kind of groove with that. And I think that this eight, Connection is a really good way to tap into what that balance could look like for you. How do you build responsibility for your community while at the same time allowing yourself the space that you need? All right, type six. The stress move here is to three. So when done accidentally, it can cause you to not winter, to overwork, to overfunction, to be conscious of how other people are perceiving you so much that you lose sight of what you want. You lose sight of, you know, what feels best to you. But when that stress move is done intentionally, it can look like incrementally incorporating your own goals for personal growth, right? Like, who do I want to be? How do I want to live? How can I show up the way that I want to be in the world intentionally? Threes tend to feel like they have to be the best everything, right? You need to be the best partner, the best, you know, person that my hobbies i need to be the best at everything and i'm going to and they put the effort in to do that and here's the thing is that's that's sometimes for threes done at the wrong time or overdone or done without self-reflection on what that really even looks like for them right they can lose sight of their their version of that and kind of adopt the version that's been handed to them by others But if done intentionally as a six, you can go, what are the areas that I want to prioritize for myself and my own personal growth? And what are the goals and steps that I need to take to get there? Now that rest move for you is to nine. When this is done on purpose, it looks like meditation, presence, connecting to nature, finding peace regularly in the here and now, accidentally, it can look like, again, like shutting down, numbing out, losing zeal, losing passion, losing connection to the way you're doing things every day. It can look like complacency a bit. We'll talk more about that in the nine move to six because both of these types are very comfortable with the same old thing being the same old thing, right? Kind of can get caught up in monotony without realizing that that's what they're experiencing. So they might get, they might shut down and i out. All right, type seven. The stress move here is to one. So when this move is done accidentally, it can feel like doing things the best way, even when wintering. So if we're thinking about, okay, this, like the energy of a seven being, okay, I'm going to winter, I'm going to winter the most. And then that stress move of one kind of popping in and going, okay, if we're going to winter the most, then we better learn to do all of these things and do them the right, best possible way. And we need to integrate all of the different elements of wintering into our lives right now. And if you don't do that, then like you should feel like it's, you're failing, right? You should, there's like the criticism comes in. However, when done on purpose, this can look like routine. It can look like saying, okay, what am I going to do to show up to embrace the season more consciously, moderately, without overdoing it? Right? I don't need to fill my entire home with Christmas decor, but I can light a few candles. I can slow down my yoga practice. I can journal in the morning, right? Whatever feels nourishing to you, slowing that down, incrementally adding it in versus I'm gonna do the most and do it all the best way right now. Then that rest move to five, when done on purpose, can look like listening to your energy levels, honoring your innate limitations, and respecting your need for alone time this can accidentally, when you get comfy here, it starts to feel really good. That can turn to unconscious isolation, right? Getting to a space where actually putting yourself out there feels like a little bit more work than it's worth. Um, Getting caught up in, ooh, it feels really good to be at peace and to not overdo. And so therefore, I'm going to resist new connections because I feel like my limits have lowered and I don't want to overextend. So I'm going to shut myself out from the world. Type eight, the stress move here is to five. So accidentally this can look like isolation, intense privacy. It can look like shutting out the world, kind of not wanting to share your problems with others. So just kind of isolating yourself instead. Now, Incrementally and on purpose, you can prevent this by honoring your limits earlier, by communicating earlier what your limits might be both to yourself and to others, and letting yourself have time where you're not constantly doing something that is for a purpose, right? Sometimes you can just need a little bit of space. That rest move to two when done on purpose can look like spending time with loved ones or animals or children or people who you feel warmed by their presence. When done accidentally, it can look like feeling responsible for everyone. Feeling like it's your job to make sure everything goes off without a hitch. I recently on a post on the feed did, what's his name? The Griswold dad from... Christmas vacation. I I haven't really seen this movie very much, but I used him as an example for 8 and someone was like, "Yeah, he's like the perfect example for 8 in general." And I think that his like, "We're going to have a good time, dang it, and I'm going to ensure that that happens no matter what, and I will power us through it." Um, I think that can be how we accidentally show up as a 2 from that 8 energy. Our final type here in type nine, that stress to six now accidentally can look like complacency with the status quo, kind of getting caught up in a routine and not really realizing that you've just kind of been doing the same thing every day for a while now. It can also on purpose look like healthy routines and habits, you know, kind of allowing a little bit of intentional monotony because it supports you in your long-term goals, which brings us a bit to three here. So your rest move is to three, which done on purpose can look like having personal growth routines saying, where do I want to go? And then how can my routines support where I'm headed, right? So you're balancing this comfort with routine with intentionality driven by that future oriented three that you have access to. Now, when that move can, look, can be taken accidentally, it can look like a high level of pressure to perform, especially when other people are affected by it and feeling as though you're never performing well enough. And why even try if you're not going to be as good as you think? thought you could be or as good as someone else that you know. So be conscious of that, you know, choose to prioritize how you want to feel in your life, where you want to go. Let your routine support that growth without the pressure to be, you know, immediately great or the pressure to be better than others, right? Release the pressure and simply keep showing up. All right, friends, I hope that this was supportive. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. I'll see you tomorrow for the next one. And if you have questions for me, you can send those in to 828-338-9127. I do a Q&A every single Wednesday. And as a reminder, tomorrow's episode is all about discipline. It is written in by a four. And so I'm kind of speaking to four. But if you've ever had a complicated relationship to discipline, I think it's a must listen. So definitely check in on that. All right, friends, I will see you tomorrow for the next one. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death